The way out of this pandemic is vaccines. That's the message we've been given from every health authority on Earth for months now. Here in Alberta, reopening has been directly tied to the number of people who get vaccinated. You don't hit 70%, we don't lift the restrictions. Premier made it very clear over the last several days. The science is clear. The vaccines work. They save lives. They protect our health care system. They are uh, the answer to the problem of controlling the virus without using the blunt and, and sometimes destructive instrument of public health restrictions. So you can tell he's frustrated. A lot of people are frustrated, I think, despite an overwhelming amount of science and data-backed information around these vaccines, the billions of dollars, the years of research, on and on and on. Um, misinformation has tipped the scales for a lot of people out there. And that could mean big consequences for all of us. Dr. Timothy Caulfield joins us now. Dr. Caulfield is a University of Alberta professor in health law and policy and the Canada Research Chair in Health Law and Policy. And for some reason, and I want to ask you about this, Doc, you've dedicated your life to combating misinformation. Uh, a never-ending supply of work for you, but at the same time, it's a tough, it's a tough road. I mean, it's really hard to change minds, isn't it? It's been a slog, and this this year has just been it's been bonkers. You know, I've been studying misinformation really for decades, and this this year is just I've never seen anything like it. No. Um, and it is it is hard to change the minds of those hardcore deniers. But Shay, I'm I'm optimistic, and research backs me up that that movable middle we can make we can make a difference. Right. That's the thing that we're talking about. I mean, we all accept and understand there are some people who are just not going to get vaccinated, no matter what anybody tells them. And that's okay. But there is that group in the middle that you mentioned. And, you know, the premier is talking, but he's giving out the facts, 2.2 million doses, only a few hundred adverse effects, most of them extremely mild. Obviously, he realizes that that herd immunity, the way out of this, is possibly threatened by that movable middle, right? They need to be moved in the right direction if his plan is going to work. You're, you're absolutely right about that. And, and to be honest with you, Shay, I kind of like the that he's tied uh, it's a, the opening up to, to to the vaccines. It's almost like a, a an incentive for the entire <laughs> entire province. But research tells us if you look at what's happening in the United States, they're already starting to bump up against that, you know, that hesitancy hurdle, as I like to call it. I think it's a hurdle because we can get over it. You know, and those who are complacent, you know, we're starting to see the uptake slow down as we get past 65, you know, get nudged to yeah. 70%. So it's really going to matter. This is very, very important. You know, you mentioned the United States, and I, this is really fascinating to me because you're right. They ran into um, a bit of a, a ceiling there, and things really started to slow down, and they got very concerned. So New Jersey said, hey, come get vaccinated. We'll give you a beer. A bunch of different states said, hey, if you come get vaccinated, uh, you'll be entered into a lottery. We'll give you a million dollars. And when the CDC came out and said, hey, if you're vaccinated, you can take off your mask, they saw a doubling in traffic to the vaccine website at the CDC, people who are now interested in getting vaccinated. So that tells me that there's a lot of people out there, Doc, that maybe they're not even opposed in the least. They just don't care. And they need some sort of motivation and incentive. Do I have that right? Yeah, you're exactly right about that. You know, it's the complacent group. Everyone, you know, we have to always be careful not to overgeneralize why individuals aren't getting vaccinated or hesitating to get vaccinated. There could be access issues. There could be needle fear, which is, you know, a real thing and, and a, a significant percentage of the population. But it's that complacent group that perhaps incentives might might work. You know, West Virginia paid $100, I believe it was, yeah. to get, if people got, got vaccinated and they saw a, a, an uptake in interest. So, um, you know, I think those incentives can 
work and they have to be framed properly. You want to make sure you're incentivizing the right thing. You know, you want to make sure you're, you know, incentivizing sort of a pro-social behavior. Uh, but for that group, for those individuals that are just a little bit complacent, that is one strategy that we should look to. Um, and, and we're just getting texts as we're talking, you know, like the premier has said, we will not make vaccines mandatory. There's a lot of people who, as soon as he said that, but then he talked about if we don't get to 70%, this doesn't happen. Um, they're saying, well, that makes it mandatory. If you're telling me I can't travel unless I'm vaccinated, that's mandatory. It's not fair. So for some people, I think it's a cause to double down. Um, but obviously, he's using more of a stick than a carrot in some ways, right? You know, the mandatory thing is, we have to be careful, because you know, and we're seeing this in the text already, apparently, right? Oh, yes. you know, how, oh, do you yeah. define, how do you define mandatory? What does that, what does that really mean? You know, I, th- I think the hardcore mandatory idea, you know, the idea that, that, that you have to get a vaccine in order to, to work and, or to go to school, you know, I think that should be an instrument of last resort. I really do think we should focus right now on, on more of the positive things, you know, the incentives, the messaging, yeah. the, the, uh, the cohort effect, you know, uh, you know uh, getting all your neighbors to do it and, and to talk about it. Let's focus on that. Let's make this a, a positive thing that Alberta's, Albertans can do to get out of the, the pandemic. You know, like you say, there's that movable middle. Um, I, we've seen reports that, you know, Russia is trying to pay influencers to, you know, discredit the vaccine. We know now that most of the misinformation has come from just 12 people on Facebook. It all sources back to 12 people. Um, it is so pervasive, though. What is the best approach if you have somebody in your life that you know um, has questions, legitimate questions and concerns because of this misinformation? How do you counter it? Because it seems to me it's like, almost like beating your head against the wall sometimes. The good news is, research tells us that you know debunking or counting, countering misinformation does work. Okay, so we we need to do this on social media. We need to counter the information misinformation in a positive way, in a way where the content is shareable. You know, use credible information. We have our hashtag Science Up First initiative that's got great content that everyone can can share. But when you're when you're talking to a friend, to a neighbor, to a relative, you know, remember to listen because not everyone's hesitant the same way. Remember to be patient. It's so rare when someone changes their mind, right? Shade, does everyone go, you know, now that you mention it, you know, you're right. That rarely happens, right? What you want to do is you want to give them a path towards credible information. Uh, And and the other thing you need to do is you need to pick your battles because it's very hard to change uh, the mind of an individual that is a hardcore denier. This has become part of who they are, part of their ideology, part of their personal brand. Very difficult to change that individual's mind. But what you can do is make sure that their rhetoric doesn't impact people around them. And I think that's an important distinction to make because I know for a lot of people out there, you don't even want to listen. You don't even want to entertain that discussion, right? As soon as somebody says, yeah, I don't know about the vaccine, the insults insults start to fly. And I think that's unfair because there are people, like we just got a text that says, I'm part of the hesitant group. I hear you. I totally get what you're saying. However, in my case, it's a gut instinct to just hold off on this. It's a scary movie to me. This person isn't saying I'm anti-vaccine, I hate vaccines, and Bill Gates is trying to control me. They're saying, I have some concerns and I have some questions. And if you start yelling and screaming at them about, you know, you're an idiot, you're a fool, you don't know what you're talking about, you're only going to make matters worse, right? Uh, so true. And I think this is a great example. You know, let's listen. Can we provide this individual with credible information that will nudge them towards getting getting the vaccine? And, and, and if you just yell at them, you know, you polarize the discourse, absolutely. Immediately. And, and again, I, 
research tells us we can make a difference with credible information, and we're seeing that on, on, a, on a population level. You know, the, we should have said this off the top. You know, the good news is interest in vaccines is increasing. Mm-hmm. The number of individuals that are, you know, are in that wait-and-see category, are, you know, that's decreasing. And the amount of individuals that are the hardcore deniers, you know, they're staying relatively, relatively flat. So that's, you know, good news. That means the stuff that we're talking about right now, Shay, it works. Like, okay, Lisa says, how about if you debunk the fact that this is only an experimental vaccine and it's not FDA approved? I mean, I get that all the time, too, right? I mean, it's not experimental. These vaccines have been around working on for more than 10 years. FDA approved it for emergency use and is working on... I mean, these are the kind of arguments that you hear, and they seem to outweigh the actual factual evidence. Well, that's a really good example, because because that language, right, that language has emanated from the hardcore deniers. That totally. language has emanated from the anti-vaxxers, right, and been adopted by the movable middle. And, and, and unfortunately, that really shows how powerful, you know, the, the messaging, you know, from those hardcore deniers can have an impact on public discourse. It's a really good example of it because it sounds sensible, right? It sounds it logical. And the reality, as you've said, you said off the top, and we can repeat it now, we have an incredible amount of really robust science that has been evaluated independently around the world. I mean, the, the, the universe should be celebrating these, the science. This is like a moon landing, as I always like to say. It's really incredible science. So uh, constantly remind people of that and talk about the independent evaluations that's happened by regulators around the world. And when they talk about this experimental approval, that's really we're talking about a regulatory process here, the labeling of a regulatory process, not that these things are you know, unproven. And think of the millions of data points that we have now because you know, so many, hundreds of millions of people have now received these vaccines. Hundreds of millions, yeah. And there are adverse effects. You, you can't say that you know it's 100% risk-free, but when you just put the equation in in terms of, well, this is the risk of not getting it versus this is the risk of getting it. It's night and day. They're not even remotely close. Not even remotely close. And human beings are just really bad at evaluating risk. You are, <laughs> I am, we all are. You know, let's face it, right? We all are. And, and, but you're absolutely right. The, the, calcu- the risk-benefit calculus is, you know, it's, it doesn't even compare. And, and Shay, that doesn't even include factoring in the, the idea that the reason that you're getting the vaccine is really for your community, right? It's not yeah, even yeah. for you. It's not even for your family. You're really, really doing it for your community, for, for all Albertans. Doctor, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks so much, Shay. Thanks very much. That's Dr. Timothy Caulfield, who is um, involved in this misinformation atmosphere and trying to, uh, to deal with it for a long, long time.